0: Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Schaffer, along with Artemis Rob. We're coming to you uh, right after ECU, or not right after, about... Uh, a day after, I guess I don't really know. It's, it's yeah, a,
1: little, a little less than twenty four hours after. Yeah,
0: it's it's a, it's the next day. Okay, this is the next day podcast. Um, we we got to watch an, an ECU victory, sing the fight song, and get on a plane and leave Philly to come come back home, come south. Uh, you yeah. ECU ECU goes up to Philadelphia, beats uh, beats Temple twenty eight to three already. Um, first off, just kind of give me like a quick. Uh, Thought on on the game?
1: Uh, well, I, I said in the in the in the pregame presser or in our little pregame uh, show, I don't know if I could have you know dealt with an EC loss once again this week. Yeah, so that,
0: that would not have been that would not have been I good.
1: I don't I don't think I could have came onto this postgame show and and, and really given you anything of, of of hope or positivity. So I'm happy we got the win. Um, yes, it was against a Temple team that was kind of you know injury plagued and 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 COVID played but a win is a win we got the win nonetheless we got our first win in philly which i'm really happy about and uh overall the team was good the defense really looked good yesterday i, I know who who we played but um you know obviously I, I thought the overall entire performance of the team was really good and just gives us a confidence boost going into next week and to finish the season strong
0: yeah i th- this is one of those things that i mean people can say oh well we we played against a a fifth string quarterback or a sixth string quarterback. I don't even know what he was. We they had a wide receiver in at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, one yeah time. they had a wide receiver <laughs> quarterback. But uh, cool. it's one of those things where you've got to take advantage of that. ECU's got ECU had to do the same thing, but nobody mm-hmm. nobody said anything about when we lost because our our quarterback was a true freshman. Right. That happens. It, especially in twenty twenty that that kind of stuff is going to happen. You are going to see that. Um, so, what I will say, though, is I didn't know if we were going to play this game, Marty. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the game started off. Sorry, I, I literally, okay, I, I lost my notes there for a second. Um, the game started off with a 50-minute delay because they, after warm-ups, a player finds out his girlfriend has tested positive. Mm-hmm. And then he so – there's a coach or there's a player, I think maybe both, that are starting to feel symptoms. I'm not, re- I'm not entirely sure what was going on. Everybody, it was kind of – it was honestly kind of a uh, – um, what, what's the right word? A cluster? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of, of,
1: and, and something else could have been said after that. But yeah, we'll just uh, stick
0: with cluster. Um, th- there was a situation going on in Philly, and it just did not make any sense. It almost seemed like it, at one point that – and I, I don't want to be that guy, but it seemed like Temple was trying to skirt the situation.
1: It it, it did seem that way for a little bit. Um, I don't think that was a situation. I, I, I honestly think it was just a random – you know, they, no. they got the information and that's what it was. But it, it at first it did seem like they were trying to skirt out of the game yesterday against us.
0: Now, I will say that in the press conference, uh, I believe it was, um, I'm, I'm trying to think, I think it was Xavier Smith in, in the postgame press conference saying that when Coach told us, came in there and told us he was going to make them play, it sounded like Temple did not want to play. <laughs> Temple earlier in the week also said they didn't want to play. I'm, I'm sorry, COVID sucks, Put put on your big boy pants and and go bang some heads, go play some ball. I I get I get the frustration from Rod Carey I get the frustration from Temple but but we've all been through it this year we've all been through it and if the league says you can play and the medical professionals say you can play then you better damn play because that that you're not the, I saw a tweet it was like this is a school that has really fallen on hard times financially talking about ECU. Uh, I mean, this is a school that cut four programs. Um, with that being said, they don't really have the money to fly a team up there, get a hotel room, and then stay an hour away so that they don't have to stay in Philly because of Philly's restrictions. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that is having to pay a lot of money to go play a game in an empty stadium up in Temple, and you're just going to say, okay, well – now that you're here, actually, we're not going to play this game. that That's what it seemed like was going on, to, in, in my opinion. Um, I i don't know anything for sure. But it seemed like it was all – the how everything worked out. I mean, you had five or six starters not take warm-ups for, for Temple. These were guys we were expecting to see. Then, after warm-ups, you see some guys that are uh, – None of the teams come out right right at noon when it's time for kickoff, and all of a sudden it says, "Well, there's actually somebody's feeling the symptoms of COVID." When it comes out that it was Temple, that's your first thought is, "Well, they don't want to play this game."
1: Uh I don't think Temple was ducking us. I don't, but it wouldn't surprise me. They Just, they 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 played the game. They honestly played pretty well in the first half. I, I don't think they were ducking us. I think it's a I, – I, that's that's a bold conspiracy theory. But, hey, maybe, maybe they were. Who knows? I don't care. We it, won the game. It, so it's, I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, really I, think it's that big of a deal.
0: It's not a huge deal, but it, it was just one of those things where it was the most 2020 thing to happen in a football game yeah. that I've seen. Um. So, but anyways, ECU, they finally get the game started. ECU uh, holds them to a three and out. I don't think ECU's held a team. To a three and out on the on the first drive of a game in quite some time. They they hold Temple to a three and out, but then they can't they can't convert on those opportunities with a blocked field goal on that first drive and then a missed field goal on the second. Um it 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 was a shaky start for ECU and one that kind of had me nervous there for the first about five-ten minutes of the game. Um I I think they finally got it figured out. Um Jake Verdi has had some problems getting his his kicks blocked this year
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I, I think a lot of that also can go and coach houston said it a couple of weeks ago it can go back towards the offensive line not being a, a little bit what's the right word not being big enough to uh to stop that but jake verity also has to get his kicks much higher um already what what were you thinking about 10 minutes into the game
1: yeah, I, I was gonna say the first quarter, 13 minutes, had me nervous. I mean, we had a bunch of you know true freshmen out there making our offense look pretty suspect <laughs> in that in that first quarter. But they were able to get it together. I know Verity had the 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 miss kicked and then he had the um the the block kick. Um, but you know he's he's he'll he'll be all right. He's going to get back on track. I thought from an offensive standpoint, once we got that big explosive play to CJ Johnson at the end of the first quarter to kind of get that big uh, touchdown play, that's kind of when we kind of settled down to the game and said, okay. We know who we're playing. We know what we are. We know what we can do. Let's just go ahead and settle into this game. Tyler Snead had already had a few punt returns that, and we called it on the live stream yesterday, like Tyler Snead's going to break one open. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it it was one of those things where you saw that he was getting time and space Mm -hmm. in the return game, and he was able to kind of see the blocking patterns kind of open up, and he he could see those open spaces and – he, I mean, he was he was returning on 15, 20 yards each return on, on those punts, and then you knew, you knew it was going to happen. You knew he was going to have one of those um, at some point during the day, and we called it, like you said, on the live stream. We said, hey, he's he's going to break one of these open, and sure enough, he did. Um, it wasn't a punt. It was a kick, but um, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. Um, Artie, all in all, good performance. Like Like we said, all in all – good performance shaky start but good performance granted temple wasn't at their at their best nowhere near yeah i still think that if they were this would be a close enough game that ecu could pull it out i just think it would be a lot closer than than what we were what we saw yesterday Mm -hmm. um to me outside of the tulsa game and outside of the usf game the, I mean, this was one of the most complete games that, that our team played. And it might have been that – it might have been that our uh, – who we were playing. We were playing a bunch of freshmen. Um, I, I know they had – I believe it was 54 scholarship players and like 26 of those were freshmen playing yesterday or on the on the roster yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not a good recipe for success coming from Temple. So ECU definitely took advantage of it and ECU like like we said ECU has had their fair share of bad bad breaks this season. Um luckily they finally got a break that went their way.
2: And
1: then the, the big thing for me is you know obviously this was a game we had to win this is a game we should have won this is a game we should have won by a lot. We did. Um and and Yale yeah, was a complete game defense. I you know we we talked about this yesterday too when was the last time ECU held a team under 17 points? <laughs> It'd been a long long long
0: time. And well actually you know, it was it was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen
1: uh, is four years, that's a long time.
0: It was still Yukon.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, I, I, and I'm not counting that either. So. <laughs> and so
0: we but we were we were we had gone back all the way back to twenty thirteen. The the uh the Virginia Tech fifteen to ten loss in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Just yeah. happened to be family day. That was my the first game my family ever came to, so that was a rough one. Um, but yeah, all in all, defense looked good.
1: But you know, just 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 getting back to my point, just you know, being able to build off of a win. How how are we going to respond? And how are we going to play after a win? So are we going to be able to go home next weekend and actually play against a, a a ranked SMU team that is good that is trying to get to a a legitimate bowl game? How are we going to look against SMU at home? That's my biggest thing. Are we going to come out and, and, and play flat? Are we going to realize that the season is still over? Or are we going to actually have a little confidence, a little swagger, and try to knock them in the mouth a little bit? So I, I, I hopefully this win is going to propel us to at least be able to not, not only compete, but, you know, stay in the game with SMU next weekend.
0: All I'll say right now, though, is looking at how the two teams or looking at how ECU has come throughout the year, I mean, you you beat USF. That's a that's a win they should have won. Well, I mean, you lost to Georgia State too, but that, Georgia State started out as a pretty good team. Um, they've kind of faltered throughout the year, but then um, looking at it, you you got ECU should be a four-win team right now. ECU should be a four-win team in a nine-win se- or nine-game season, and going into a game next week that I think I still think, even though it's a top 25 team, I still think. That's one of those games that's winnable for ECU. They just have to put together a complete performance, just like they did against Tulsa. Tulsa took SMU to the brink. ECU could do the same thing. They they did it to they did it to Tulsa. I'm sure that they could do it to to SMU. Um, and I I, I mean I, th- I think that's a good opportunity for ECU. Um, uh, and I, I'd like to see what Donnie or not Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, friend of the podcast. Um, does preparing for a quarterback like Shane Buscelli at SMU. Um, I think that'll be a good matchup and really kind of good uh, watermark for where ECU is at the end of this season.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, there's there's a lot of things we, we should have done this season that we didn't get done. And so next week is, is a golden opportunity to kind of get back on the right track, especially setting ourselves up for success for next year. Um, going up against a really good quarterback and, and, and Sam Buscelli, like you said, and a good team overall. So hopefully we can just come out and play well and compete well. And, and if we can come off with of that upset, um, the season's still not a success, but it's, it's a lot better than what it looked two to three
0: weeks ago. I mean, I, I think if you win that game, that it, I, I would classify the season as a success. Um, we, we differ on that, but that's I mean, okay. At that point, you've got a, that's a winning season in my books because you I'm still counting those two games as, as wins. So,
1: I mean, I, 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 I count the Tulsa game. We lost the Navy.
0: We lost the Navy. We lost the Navy. Once again, with a freshman quarterback due to, due to COVID protocol that, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with how that was handled, but that we'll, we'll, we can, we can disagree on that. Um,
1: Yeah. I, I, I see where you come from. We just, we just disagree on that. But,
0: but if you look at it, if you extrapolate all of that, that's five wins in a nine game season you got to think that you beat Norfolk state and who knows what happens when you have a full practice schedule coming in from spring and fall. Um, I got to think that ECU does a little bit better than what their record shows right now. Um, in 2020 had COVID not been a thing, but looking at the offense already Ehlers 11, 11 for 22, not, I mean, nothing really stands out about his offensive performance. He had a, he had some big plays, um, Hitting C.J. Johnson for like a 28-yard pass, and then hitting Tyler Sneed for a 25-yard pass, 182 yards with two touchdowns, one interception. He also had a 75-yard rush where he stepped out of bounds, right, yeah, be- right,
1: right before he scored.
0: Right before he scored, but he uh, he got it in on the next play and uh, crossed the line with a one-yard touchdown run. Um, gotta say he he looked good, um, considering everything. Considering it looked like when he could get time. It showed when he gets time, he can make plays. He hasn't had time all year. He hasn't had time to make plays. When he has time, he makes plays.
1: Yeah, and, and I, for me, he looked he looked good in between the game. You know, second quarter, beginning of the third quarter. That first quarter, he looked a little frustrated. Offense in general looked a little frustrated. And then the back half of, of the second half, we didn't really put up any points. We, we scored 28, and we kind of just stopped for like a quarter and a half. Well, we were already up eight three. We kind of knew the game was over. I get all
0: that. Hey, hey, the offense just kind of <laughs> halted. I don't trust any lead, especially one that's twenty-eight to three <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I don't. This is true. Um, this is true. But Coach Houston, I mean, Coach Houston said because he he was asked about Mason Garcia warming up in in the fourth quarter, and he said, "Look, I want to get Mason Garcia in there, but I'm not going to call a timeout." Sorry, I'm going to let the dog out real quick. She's 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 crying.
1: Go ahead and let Sweet Bell out. Wow. Okay. Why, are you, why are you keeping that girl prisoner, man?
0: Uh, hey, nobody else is here. It's just me. I don't know why she wants <laughs> out. Um, but Coach Houston said he said he didn't want to call a timeout yesterday because the the score had already been kind of decided. He didn't want to do kind of like what Cincinnati did to did to us the week before. He wanted to be respectful. So, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. Um It's just one of those things where it it didn't work out. He wanted to get Mason Garcia some time. He was warming Mm -hmm. up. It just didn't work out. Now, Keaton Mitchell, another (laughs) – one of the studs we've been talking about out of the the running back room. I mean, you think about it. You have C.J. – or not C.J. Johnson. You have Rajay Harris with, I believe, three 100-yard games this year. Now Now you've got Keaton Mitchell with two. You you've got a chance next week to get six one hundred yard rush games out of your freshman running backs in a nine game season. That's phenomenal. That I mean <laughs> and Keaton Mitchell, he he had uh like I said, thirteen carries for 103 yards. Dude, I mean dudes dudes balling out right now. And just like Rajay, he has patience, and that's what I like to see from a running back.
1: I mean, it's been an absolute revelation with these two guys. And just imagine, Jared, if we actually have a legit, like, O-line, like a really good O-line, can you imagine what these two guys can do?
0: It, these it'd guys be, a, put it'd, up be 200 abs- yards.
1: it'd be absurd the kind of numbers these guys will be able to put up if, if, if the holes just open for them and, that haven't been opened all season that they've had to make themselves. So and we only, we got two studs.
0: And not only that, think about how that would affect the passing game. Right. With three stud receivers and and a, a honestly a quarterback that could, I mean he's got all he's got all the skill sets there. He's just got to be able to put them all together. Um, I, I think if if Mike Houston in the next year can really solidify this offensive line, you're looking at a scary scary offense in, in the next two to three years, especially with Mason Garcia waiting in the wings.
1: If I know anything about Mike Houston, that's probably going to be his number one priority. That is. I, 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 he I said think it. He's, I, yeah, he, he's going to sure up that offensive line because he knows exactly what he has in the skill rooms on the offensive side of the ball. So that's going to be number one. And I can't wait to see it because if we can show up that old line, man, you're right, we're, we're going to be a scary, scary ball club on the offensive side of the ball.
0: And I, I like, I still like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. We've got some ball hawks now.
1: Very opportunistic. Very got, opportunistic defense.
0: You're, you're forcing turnover, something that – I remember it was a couple of years ago where we only had like four turnovers the whole season. Mm-hmm. And then now it seems like we're getting two, three, four turnovers every a game. Week. And right. that is that is key to winning ball games. And I I like I I like what Coach Harrell's doing every every single week. And I, I told him that. I I texted him yesterday. I said, Hey, Coach Harrell, I um congrats on the win. Really liked what I saw from the defense today. And he he seemed to appreciate that it looks like the the defense is making making a turn also we haven't had either in the past 4 years 5 years and now we're finally seeing a little bit of momentum going in the right direction for both
1: and and, and with the defense it's it's a it's a two part swing you know either you're going to have that dominant you know up, up up front or you know starting seven up front against that dominant push or you're going to have the back half being able to get the turnovers and 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 create, you know, the kind of the kind of plays to get your offense back on the field. Right now we have ball hawks. We have guys that create can create the turnovers that can get the big play. The next part of that evolution of our defense is getting those big boys up front, that huge front seven to get that push. Once you get that, you've got a complete defense. And so Blake Harrell's got one half. Next year I think we're going to see the second half come into play. And that's when you're really going to see this defense start to limit the amount of points that you've seen throughout the last three to four years.
0: I think that the, the focus on both sides of the ball is at the line. That is the focus. It's got to be. At both sides right now. It's got to be. And Coach Houston, Coach Harrell, Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick, um, Coach Shankweiler, the offensive line coach, they're all going to be focusing on that, um, especially with the early signing period or the, the early period coming up here in, in honestly, under a month. The, the December signing period, I believe it's December 15th. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how all of this shakes out kind of in the next in the next uh month or two seeing mm-hmm. who, who they can bring in um next on the offense i want to talk about cj johnson cj he he didn't really wow you with with what he did on the field but he had three receptions he had 86 yards including a touchdown that first that first reception was kind of a and you called it Artie. you said cj's going to have to break one off here mm-hmm. and uh i mean the, i believe it went 40 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that, that was one of those plays where, okay, it it was, you could see it coming and kind of forming. And then then he was able to uh, break it off and get in the end zone. He had two, he had one touchdown, excuse me. So um, CJ Johnson, not many receptions, but considering that Aylers only had 11 completions, three of them to Johnson, three of them to Sneed. That I mean, that's good to see.
1: And, and, CJ Johnson is starting to excuse me, he he he's starting to look more and more like Deshaun Jackson to me every single week because you know exactly what you're gonna get. He's gonna be your big threat play over the top. He's not gonna be your every down guy. You know, I, I think your Tyler Sneeds, your every down like safety blanket check down guy. You got your Blake pro who is your you know, your, your your workhorse who's gonna be open at all times, but you might not be able to get him the ball. And CJ Johnson is gonna be your deep threat. He's he's the guy you try to get the ball to to get the offense rolling, to get a quick score, to get some momentum. He's not going to always maybe wow you with his stats, but his influence is there and it still matters.
0: Yeah, and then looking at it, I just kind of want to walk through this. So I'll break down the 11 receptions. CJ had three. Sneed had three. Rajay Harris had one. Blake Pearl had one. Josiah Hatfield had one. Keaton Mitchell had one. And Shane Calhoun had one. Um, no, that's
1: called – Spreading the wealth.
0: Yep. And granted, Rajay Harris, his was one for 12 yards. The rest, uh, Blake Pearl had one for six yards. Josiah Hatfield, one for three yards. Keaton Mitchell, one for one yard. And then Shane Calhoun mm-hmm. actually lost a yard on on his. So, um, all in all, good day. Um, you, it was one of those things where they, they didn't have to kind of – I mean, ECU, looking at it, I believe ECU only – they actually – were trailing in time of possession because they were hitting all these explosive plays, mm. and and then not to mention, Temple at the very end of the game, killed off about four minutes of clock just by taking the late game penalties. So, um, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was interesting. I think that kind of frustrated Ryan yesterday on the uh, on the live stream.
0: Yeah, it, it seemed like it. But um, yeah, I I think I want to talk about Tyler Snead, and then we'll we'll throw it over to the uh, post game press conference. Tyler Snead, three receptions, seventy five yards. One touchdown, and then he also had one uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. The first thing that comes to mind when I talk about Tyler Snead is slippery. Mm-hmm. This man is slippery. You, you can't just arm tackle this guy. You've got to gang tackle. you gotta, you got to actually hit him in his legs and take him out. Because if you try to grab his arms, if you try to grab his jersey, he's going to slide right through it. It's like he's got Vaseline all over him, man. And he's and
1: he's only like five ten, a buck ninety, and he's not a he's not a big guy, but he's but he's fast, he's really quick, and he is tough. I mean, he's he's not afraid to take the hit, he's not afraid to pop pads, and and like you said, he's slippery. So we called that on the live stream yesterday. We knew he was going to break one off. He had a terrific day, just all around returning the ball, catching the ball, is doing anything and everything we needed him to do. So Artie, shout out to Tyler Snead.
0: Let me let me ask you how. Give me your. So you said five ten one ninety. Is yeah. that your final guess at what at what Tyler Snead is listed it, as? It, he's not. He's not
1: bigger. If anything, he's smaller.
0: Yeah, he is smaller. Take five, any other guess. Five nine a
1: buck seventy five.
0: Five seven one sixty nine. He is not five seven. That's what he's listed as on on ESPN.
1: Jared, I'm five ten. Man, there's no way I'm three inches taller than Tyler Snead. <laughs> not three inches, but three. I uh, mean.
0: I mean, Ayler's yeah, talked about is. it. Ayler's talked about it in his post game press conference, also, where he was like, "Yeah, Tyler Sneed's super small. So. Five
1: seven. You said a buck sixty nine. Yep. Yeah. See, this is why you can't sleep on a little guy, man. You can't do it. Everybody wants big boys. You can't sleep on a little guy. And, Shout
0: all, out to and Tyler Sneed. all in all, Tyler Snead had a had a great day, but he might have ended up on ESPN's not top ten uh, with with his touchdown celebration <laughs> after the kickoff return. <laughs> Um that where, failed Lambo Leap. Where he went to jump into the jump onto the top of the wall and uh ended up face planning in the front row <laughs> at, at Lincoln Financial Field. Um I actually I asked him I asked him what the thought process was of that celebration in, in the press conference. So Artie, let's uh let's go ahead and send it over to the press conference and then um we'll we'll pick it up from there, okay? Let's do it.
3: Well, you know, 2020 is, uh, you know, it keeps on sending us plenty of curveballs. So, um, you know, what a, what a great job today to be able to get a win on the road, uh, you know, against a team that, uh, you know, we have not uh, beaten in conference play in the, in the past. Um, you know, the kids, uh, you know, were very hard in practice this week. You know, we had some, uh, had some adversity with some guys out. I had a couple of guys making their first college start on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Walt Stribbling, true freshman, uh, in his first college start, um, and just really, you know, really thought the kids, you know, practiced very hard this week. Um, you know, we were not perfect today, uh, but the kids, you know, they, they fought, uh, you know, they did a great job of the game plan, and it's just exciting to, uh, you know, get back on the winning side. Coach, at one point,
4: did you think that you might not play today? Can you give us a timeline on the COVID delay?
3: I didn't know. I mean, it's this stuff, it. it the one thing I've learned about 2020 is is you got to be ready for anything at any time, any day. And just, you know, it's uh, you you control what you can control. And uh, you know, me and the kids were sitting there in the locker room. Uh, you know, our, our, the medical advisory board for the conference was, uh, you know, monitoring everything. And so uh, we were just relieved that we got the uh, green light to go play. Tyler
4: Snead obviously had a huge day, and really he set it up with those early punt
3: returns, didn't he? Yeah, he did a great job. You know, I, I just I, I think a lot of that kid. He's he's tough as nails and uh, and just an one awesome awesome person and awesome player. And did a great job in the return game, both with punts and kicks. You know, obviously the kickoff return for a touchdown, big block by Keaton Mitchell, another freshman. Uh, but uh, you know his job on special teams and then the big you know the big touchdown catch on offense were obviously pivotal today.
4: Obviously, Temple playing a little bit left-handed with the fifth quarterback, but your defense really played well and only giving up three points.
3: Well, you know, you knew we were going to see a young quarterback coming into coming into this game, and of course, you know, we've been there. You know, we 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 played with a freshman quarterback earlier in the season, so uh, you you knew what was going on right there with kind of what uh, what they were trying to do with uh, with Duncan, and then you know when all of a sudden you have uh, you know the other kid 18 show up, um, you know, similar deal. Uh, It's a tough position for that kid to be in. Uh, I, thought he, I thought he did a really good job, all things considered. But, uh, you know, we had to stop the run. You know, that big offensive line, you know, you know they're all grad students, you know, third and fourth-year players, very very good offensive front, big backs. Uh, we knew that was going to be the key to the game. And so I uh, thought our front our linebackers did a great job of slowing down the run game today.
5: All right, thanks, Coach. Thanks.
6: We'll open it up for other
5: questions. Coach, you've talked about uh, some of the post-game locker rooms, you know, especially Tulsa, different games that, that have been tough and kind of somber. What was that like here, just getting that tangible win? We needed that bad.
3: I'm just telling you, you know, with with some of the breaks we've gotten this year, whether it's Navy or Tulsa or whatever, um, and I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've struggled all week this week. And it's just, you know, those kids, they are they are the best thing ever. I mean, it's – you, you, want, you want to have a – you want to have something right in your day, just go spend time around our players because, you know, they are just – they are so resilient. And, uh, and I'll tell you, that, that was jubilation in that locker room in there. Uh, and, you know, it's – you know, they're, they're just – they're very relieved, very excited.
6: Coach, you had a chance to uh, turn things around right there at the end of the half where Temple tried to score and you get the interception from Sean – um, could have been much closer at halftime. Talk about what that did for your ball club going into the locker
3: room. Well, I thought it was a great call by Coach Harrell uh, to play over under uh, on one there into their into their boundary, um, and you know really you know play for the fade ball. Sean made a you know uh, Jaquan did a good job there at the last scrimmage, and then Sean did a good job on the uh, over over coverage. Uh, and making the interception. And certainly, you know, our offense, we're going to play it very conservatively because you're coming off a 20-yard line late in the half. You don't want to do anything to get the ball back to them. But keep Mitchell breaking out with the, with the big run to get us across midfield allows to be a little bit more aggressive uh, and then, you know, get the touchdown to Steve there to go into the half, um, you know, which really, you know, kind of put us, put us in a good
7: position going into the second half. Coach, can you talk about the – the play of your inside linebackers, specifically Bruce and Xavier today. They were able to get downhill. I mean, I know that stopping the run was a big priority today. Yeah, I mean the, the some of the things we did up front in the
3: game plan really put a lot on them. Uh and and I thought they responded, you know, very, very well. And I thought they were physical with their tackling. I thought they did a good job with some of our checks, the line of scrimmage. Uh, but those two played very well today. And that was that was a big reason why we were able to slow their run game down. You- Go ahead.
0: Coach, can you talk about the running game with with Harris and, and Mitchell? They, they, I know they are not playing like true freshmen anymore.
3: They're not. Um, you know, they're they're talented players. Uh, really glad we got them. And I thought I thought Darius, you know, first game back um, from from injury, I thought he did some really good things there in the second half as well. But you know, I think that's you know, those three make a really good uh, tandem there in the backfield. But uh, you know, Keaton continues to play well each week. I don't know what the stats are. I don't have him yet. Uh, Rajay has is, is, is been consistent all throughout the season this year. Um, and they're
5: just, you know, they're obviously very talented players. I'm glad they're here. Coach Holton hasn't run nearly as much this year as the last two years, but obviously today had had that big run. Um, does that offer up, you know, the opportunity for him to run a little more? And also, what's the film room going to be like with that little end of play uh, step out of bounds?
3: Well, you know, I, I think certainly, you know, you had some quarterback design runs today, you know. And he did a good job with it. I um, did a good job of that uh, long run there. That uh, you know should have been for a touchdown. You know, the thing I told him. I mean, you know, you're 230 pounds. You're right there at the goal line. Cover the ball up and, and get across the stripe. Don't make it close. I, I don't I don't like sticking the ball out like that in that situation. So, uh, I just you know, it's a great coaching moment. He's a very coachable kid. Uh, you know, he'll he'll he won't make that mistake again. But uh, I was glad he's able to stick it in on the next snap.
8: Coach, can you talk a little bit about. Just winning at the line of scrimmage maybe for the first time in several weeks. I think the defense had six three-and-outs and and generated three turnovers.
3: You know, the one thing uh, about the Temple team, and I know they were without uh, some kids and and struggling at quarterback, but now those front kids on defense and those front kids on offense – you know, those are the kids that we played against last year, and that's a that's a strong bunch. I mean, you look at the way they slowed down UCF last week, and the way they ran the ball in UCF. You know, that's a, that's a group that's you know they can play with anybody in the league, and so uh, that's that's why I'm so so proud of Justin and Walt offensively, and our offensive line. You know, Fernando and Sean have been solid all year. Avery Jones, uh, you know, has been a great addition right there. But you know, Justin and Walt, their first uh, college starts. I thought that that group played. You know very well to uh, you know to give us a shot all day offensively but and, and then defensively you know you saw you know again we played a lot of kids on the defensive front and most of those kids are 18 years old but I think you know they get better every single week Deontay Johnson playing his first six minutes uh, this week a freshman out of uh, out of Virginia um, has, has just he he and Jason Schuford has really been coming on here in the last couple of weeks in practice so it's great to see them get in there and I just I really like that group. You know, they got a lot of – they got a lot of energy. They got a lot of potential. And, you know, their they're green is all get out. But, you
7: know, they're only going to get better with every snap they play. Coach, was was there any thought to put in another quarterback in the fourth quarter? I know you got stuck with Holton. Can you just walk us through that? Well, we, we had Mason warming up. Um, you know, I just – we
3: wanted to get him in there, and it just – it didn't work out. And I I, I didn't – I don't want to call time out there at the end. Um, you know. It's, it was a tough day for, for those guys on the other sideline. I won't be respectful of that. So, uh, you know, we wanted to get Mason in there. I hate we didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, certain to the game, you were excited to get the win.
5: In pass coverage, it seemed like you maybe weren't super aggressive and blitzing a ton, but obviously we're able to, to just blanket their receivers. It, was that kind of the plan, obviously, it was to keep everything in front of you and maybe make the quarterbacks and receivers try and beat you somehow?
3: We kind of mixed it up, uh, you know. We, we kind of mixed up coverage and uh, pressure there on on uh, third down, and we were seeing a lot of max pro, uh, you know, when they did drop back. And so, you know, when you get max pro protection uh, and you're pressuring, it's going to end up with you know one on one coverage down the field. But um, you know, I thought I thought Blake did a good job mixing it up. It's it, it is it, it's it it was tough today from a standpoint of you don't really you know you don't you don't know what they're going to do at times. You know, sometimes you do, but, you know, sometimes you don't. And so, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, they were very aggressive on first down there in the second half, and I thought uh, Blake did a good job of adjusting to that and getting us into some coverage situations there for some of the shots that were taken.
0: Now, Coach, uh, Brandon Mack, the, the wide receiver for Temple, he comes in at the beginning of the half as their quarterback. Uh, is that something that you all looked at, thought about um, during, during halftime?
3: Well, no, we – yeah, we, we, we were thinking about that pregame. Uh, we knew he'd been a high school quarterback. Um, we – you know, they, they have three or four kids that have been high school quarterbacks on their roster. Uh, you know, he was taking some snaps uh, during pregame warmups. So, you know, we knew if – you know, if they put him in there, it's going to be some kind of quarterback run game, which they did. You know, first play, we had the perfect defense call for the power read right there and just missed the tackle, you know, for a loss in the backfield. Uh, you know, they ran the quarterback counter with him uh, you know, that's, they did, they, that's what I would have done. They did a good job of that, I mean, that's, that's, they're, they're, you know, fortunate to have a guy like that.
6: Okay. Are there any other questions for coach Houston
2: this afternoon? Oh uh, yeah. Just one real quick. Are you ready for some more peanut butter pie?
3: No doubt. The, kid, the kids were chanting in the locker room. So I don't, I don't know who's happier, me or them, but, uh, it will be a very enjoyable uh, winter's dinner tomorrow night, uh, and one that these, uh, these kids, like I said, you know, it, it's, it's tough with those games like Navy and Tulsa were, uh, and you've had some disappointing games here uh, of recent. And, uh, you know, they've, they've worked hard. They need, to, they need to enjoy that tomorrow night. So I'll be excited for them.
6: Okay, Coach, thanks for your time. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Hey guys, how are you? Congratulations. Thank you. All right, what we're going to do is um, we'll, we'll just let
1: go X first. go first. No, yeah, we'll just let X go first. Okay.
6: <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, we'll open up questions to uh, to Xavier, please. Xavier, just talk about the defensive
4: effort a little bit. Obviously, you guys knew they were with a fifth quarterback, but still, you had to make some stops. You had to play the run, didn't you?
2: Yes, sir. Well, we knew coming into the game that they had. <laughs> Chill, bro. We knew coming into the game that they were going to come in here and try to run the ball to open up their passing game. So we gave. <laughs> Chill, <bro. laughs> So we knew we had to come in here and stop the run. So me and like, that's all we emphasize this week, stop the run, stop the run, stop the one, stop, stop, stop the run, sorry, i stuttering. So like our game plan was basically stop the run, sorry. I'm excited for the team, sorry. I can take my mask off, cool, I can take my mask off. Uh, Xavier, talk about being physical with this team.
7: I mean, obviously, Temple is known for being Temple tough, all that stuff, but was that a a challenge to you guys this week to master physicality?
2: Um, I mean, we know we have to be physical every week if we want to do what we say we're going to do. We're trying to play the uh, football the way it's meant to be played, and that comes with being physical. So we practice that and practice, you know, physical, physical, physical with our third tackles, and then the way we practice translates into games.
7: What does it feel like just to have another win after what you guys have been through?
2: Um, to say the least, it feels good, you know. This year's like no no this year's like no other, you know, it was a tough year for all of us, you know, really like ups and downs and just coming off of uh, coming off of last week. We know, you know, that's not what we wanted to be. And then this game, playing the football that we know we can play, it just feels good to go out there and ball out with my guys.
7: Say if you're going off along that, um, you know, you'd seen the Owls a couple times. Obviously, ECU as a program had lost uh, six in a row against them. How does it feel to finally, you know, get that win, especially at their place against Temple?
2: Um, It feels like every other win, you know, just knowing that you work so hard and then you come out with a W. I feel like all the wins feel the same. But this year and, like, the struggles and difficulties we had this year, this one felt good.
5: How much concern was there with the, uh, with the delay and then the possibility of the game, you know, being up in the air?
2: Um, well, we knew we just had to stay focused, you know. We had our goal set that we're going to go out there, we're going to play good, execute well, play at a high level. And that was just our main focus during the uh, delay we had there. What was it like watching Tyler kind of dive into the end zone after – into the stands after his oh. return? I was trying to get up and celebrate with them, but the whole dang team, and he's so sure I couldn't even find them with everyone surrounding them. <laughs>
6: okay, are there any other questions for Xavier? Xavier, thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, everybody, we've got Tyler Schnee. So we'll open
4: up the questions for Tyler. Tyler, can you take us through the kickoff return? What did you see as far as the blocking goes? And when did you know you, you were going the distance?
9: Uh, well, I caught it, and I just saw a little crease. And so I hit that, and then I cut it back. Uh, we had a good block on that side. And then when I was running, uh, Keaton, Keaton had really good blocks. That's really what – when I saw Keaton running uh, and did the drive-by blocks, that's when I really knew uh, we were going all the way. Did you know there was a flag on the play, and did you think it was coming back? Uh, I was, I had jumped in the stands, so I really didn't see the flag until after. So uh, it was kind of, I I didn't really see it. I didn't I didn't know.
0: Tyler, can you can you walk us through that uh, that celebration and and kind of what was going through your mind during during that time?
9: Well, before the game, I saw that the stands were a little low, and I was like. I mean, I'm short. I can make that jump. So uh, I knew. If, I knew if I got in there, I was going to try and do it. I was hoping they didn't call a flag. I didn't know if Houston was going to be mad. I don't think he's seen it yet, so he hasn't said anything about it to me. So I'm. I'm ready to hear an earful on that if. Uh, if he sees that. What, what, was that it, what was it like?
5: What was the landing like when you're you're in the air and then you just you just land?
9: I kind of just jumped and then, I didn't get past that. I just. <laughs> I just kind of fell in there. didn't didn't really have a landing. I didn't stick anything, but uh, it was just all in the moment.
5: Is there a way to describe the, the pregame locker room as far as when you were in delay? I mean, I, you know, as a player, and, and this season has been so crazy, were you all skeptical that you would play or worried? I mean, how did what were your thoughts kind of at that point?
9: Uh, I mean, we were worried at first, but then Coach Houston came in and he said, he was gonna make them take the field. So after that, everybody started getting their mind right again. And I, I think that really helped us. Uh, everybody was lit in that locker room before the game. So uh we were all we were all ready to go.
7: Tyler, the Temple makes a big deal about Temple tough, their physicality, all
9: that. Was that a challenge for you guys to kind of match that this week? Uh, I mean I think I think they are tough and they're they're a really good team. But uh I think with Coach Houston and the new staff, like they pride themselves on being tough too. And uh the most physical team in the conference. And I think, I think we're up there with the most physical team, so.
0: Tyler, talk about this win. I know every win is big, but this has got to be feel good. After the Navy game and after the Tulsa game, they were so disappointing. I know you guys were really hurt. How does it feel today when you get a big win on the road?
9: It feels good. Uh, you know, we try to win every one, but the ones you do win, uh, they feel a lot better. So we're all excited.
8: Tyler, you had a big game against Southern Methodist last year, I believe, in Dallas. And uh, obviously, they're coming in. It's going to be kind of your guys' bowl game. And any thoughts on that?
9: Uh, no, I mean, we're just coming off this win. We're, we're excited to play them. We're ready to go. Uh, hopefully, we can have a, a repeat of last year, just change the ending uh, at the very end. Look like in the
5: first quarter, a couple of your punt returns, you maybe just got tripped up, and you could have scored on on some of those. Uh, when you got the kickoff and you got the seam, did, did you know? Did you kind of just take advantage, knowing that you maybe you could have gotten one earlier?
9: Yeah, they uh, they told me to pick my legs up a little more uh, on those punt returns. So during that kick return, I really I really tried that, and uh, it turned out good.
6: Okay, we got time for one last question for Tyler.
7: Tyler, did uh, Keaton give you any uh, hard time for running you down in the kickoff?
9: No, I, I was glad he was there. I'm thankful for that. I mean, without him, that wouldn't have made it. I know he's fast. He's he's one of the fastest ones on the team. So, uh, I'm glad he was there and he did what he did.
6: Okay, Tyler, thank you for your time. Congratulations again.
9: Thank you. Appreciate it.
6: Okay. Ooh, hey, guys. Hey, Hilton. Uh, we're going
4: to go ahead and open up questions for Holton. Holton, oh, how important was it to get a win and, and you really didn't have to feel like you had to do it all? I mean, you had so much help and, and it was really a team win, defensively, offensively, that kind of thing.
10: Yeah, I mean, it was very nice. Um, I thought the defense played really well. Um, I mean, the line blocked it. We ran the ball good. So it was a good team win. Um, Sneed did a really good job on the return game. Um, I mean, anytime you get great field possession like that, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy.
6: Well, then you guys have had your troubles this year. You've got your second win today. You're only a couple of plays away from really having four wins right now. Talk about the attitude of this team, knowing that and knowing what all you've been through and where you are right now and um, how this team feels after picking up that win today.
10: Yeah, I mean, we knew coming in that, you know, this is going to be a challenging year for a lot of different reasons, um, but we just got to stay tough. I mean, kind of we, we said going into it, the team that sticks together the most is what's going to Benefit the most from this. Um, and I think, you know, maybe not even this year, but next year we'll really see the benefits from that from just sticking together and keep believing in each other and believing in our method.
8: Holton, uh, the the delay to start the game, you had to settle for a couple of field goal attempts on uh, the early possessions, but then you uh, had the pass to CJ Johnson and maybe that got things untracked a little bit. But you really didn't sustain drives. It was, it was a number of big plays today that produced the touchdowns.
10: Yeah, we knew coming in, though, um, that, you know, I mean, they had a good defensive line front. Um, I mean, they, they really had a good team and a good defense. Um, the SMU game, I mean, SMU was tied with them or either, or either down um, really in the third quarter um, until they got tired. on um, we knew they didn't have too much depth because, I mean, because of COVID and in, in injuries and all that. So, I mean, we just, we just we had to keep pushing. Um, the big plays were going to come. They, they were susceptible to that. Um, on film. So, we just knew that, I mean, the big plays we were going to hit. We came in kind
7: of knowing that. Holden, your 75-yard run, was that a design play? Can you walk us through that play? Yeah, it was quarterback draw. Um,
10: it was quarterback draw and the line block, great. Um, I was happy to finally, you know, get that and, and run that and, and get a good run there. Um, obviously, um, you know, I like running the ball. I like contact. I like all that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we called that. I'm glad it worked.
6: Hey, dizzy at the end
10: when you ran out of bounds? Or? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. That's probably the most embarrassed I've ever been. I'm glad it was only on ESPN Plus, to be honest with you, because if not, <laughs> I'm sure it would be everywhere right now.
5: Hmm. Hey, you, you missed a, a game earlier this year, obviously, the Navy game, and uh, had to watch that and kind of feel the frustrations. That, not that you feel bad for Temple in any way, but can you understand maybe where they're they're at, you know, you personally, because you've been through that of not being able to play and just – Can you describe maybe what it's like or understand what what they were dealing with today?
10: Yeah, it sucks. Um, You I don't really get nervous for games, but I was really nervous watching that Navy game. Um, I woke up nervous that day. And I don't, like, I don't, I've never experienced that before. I don't get nervous for sporting events. But um, it's just like a different feeling when, you know, your guys are out there and you're supposed to be out there with them and you're not, um, especially for something that you really can't control um, and you really can't do anything about. I mean, injuries are different, but, I mean, when you're out for ten days and you can't do anything but stay inside and isolate yourself from everyone, really, um, it's, it's tough. I mean, I feel for him. I do. But um, I mean, like I said, that's 2020. Um, we're just we're just blessed we get to play. So,
0: Holton, can you talk about the uh, the vibe in the locker room and, and what your thoughts were when uh, Coach Houston said he was gonna make make him play right before the before the game started?
10: Well, I was thankful. Um, for a minute, we were like because he came in and said it was a 10-minute, and then he came in and said it was going to be 15 to, to 30 minutes. And we were, we were like, are we even going to play? Like, what's going on? And then someone said that one of their players was on the way to the hospital or something with COVID symptoms. So, um, for a minute there, we didn't know if we were going to play or not. Um, so, we were just thankful when he came in and said we are going to play. Um, obviously, we drove – or we flew up here and then drove an hour away to stay in Delaware because we couldn't stay in Philly. So. Um, I mean, we just we just wanted to play. So we were happy when he said that.
0: Holden, what about as far as uh, next week with SWU? You guys played really well down in Dallas. How do you feel about this week? I know you guys are going to work really hard with the last game of the regular season.
10: Yeah, I mean, they, they got a great team. Um, they had a great team last year. They got a great team this year. Um, you know, I mean, their quarterback is probably I mean, he's going to go to the NFL. He's probably a top quarterback this year in Shane. Um, I mean, I respect him a lot. I respect that team a lot. The coaching staff is really good. Um, just expecting to go in and just do everything we can to win that game. Uh, last year, we thought we should have won it. So, uh, just like kind of like Snead said, Sneed said, just change the outcome this year. Speaking of Tyler
6: Snead, I don't know if you've seen the ESPN thing him going into the stand, Would you give him any tips to try to keep his head up? Like, my heart is skipping to when I saw face first in. Is that saying you ever got to do with Wi Fi was messing up. Ever, that's fine. Um, Steven Tyler Steed, uh, have you seen the ESPN feed get him going face first and to the stand? Um, uh, have you
5: ever got to do something like that before? Can you give him any advice to keep his head, you know, up next time he does that? Well, I saw it
10: on the Jumbotron when it happened. Um, for any advice, I don't know. In my run, when I stepped out of bounds, he about tapped me into the stand, so I don't, I don't really know. What else to say? He's so small, I guess any momentum, he's just going to fall over. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell him other than get bigger.
8: Holton, the uh, Temple was obviously undermanned today with different factors. But I think the last time you played in Philadelphia your freshman year, it was 49-6. to Yep. And kind of talk maybe about what the difference in the outcomes reflect as far as how the program is moving.
10: Yeah. I mean, I think the score kind of speaks for itself. Um, It's moving in the right direction. Um, There's been a lot of tough days ahead. I mean, this year's even been tough. Um, We haven't won as many games as we'd like to, but you just got to keep believing. Um, When you come to a place and you just got to keep believing and believe in the culture, and and that's what we're doing. We're just continuing to buy it in. Um, We know we're young. It's a weird year, but, I mean, obviously, like I said, we wanted to win more games, but, you know, we won this one today and all we can focus on is the next one.
6: Okay, we have time for one more question for Holton. Okay, Holton, thank you for your time. And congratulations yeah, again. Thank
2: you. I
0: see you. Okay. Once again, you got to hear from Coach Houston, uh, Xavier Smith, Tyler Snead, and Holden Nailers after EC's big victory against. Temple twenty eight to three. Um, it, it's finally one time that I get to say twenty eight to three and and actually be happy about that score. Um, Artie, <laughs> before we before we wrap this thing up, I want to say um, the last one of the last times that ECU won a, a game and only gave up three points, it was a, it was in two thousand eight. Um, a, a, a little known school of West Virginia University came into came into ECU, and there there was a kicker on that team. By the name of Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, if you're listening to the Boneyard Podcast right now, we just called you out yesterday. We told you, hey. hey, if you want to do an Oklahoma drill with the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Houston, by all means come on down, baby. Which I didn't know Coach Houston was that jacked, man. I didn't know his arms were that big. My God. Coach Houston, Coach Houston's never had a problem taking a taking off the lid of a pickle jar. I guarantee I mean- it.
1: I'm going to need him to take a damn PED test
0: or something, man. What's, what's my man taking? <laughs> so, Coach Houston, uh, I mean, jacked. Pat McAfee last week called him soft after talking to Luke Fickle. Um, <laughs> did Pat he McAfee, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, he, called him, he called him soft. Pat McAfee said he was soft. That's when he said that Luke Fickle should have lined him up right there and did an Oklahoma drill right there on the 50. And <laughs> I I, get, I mean, Luke Fickle's Luke Fickle's not a small guy. But neither is Coach Houston. I, I don't think Luke Ficklin can take uh, Coach Houston. That picture shows Coach Houston's ready for it. He, so he pretty, that's a big Pat, Pat the, the offer is still on the table. If you want to come on the Boneyard Podcast, become a friend maybe of the Boneyard Podcast. We'll have to – well, that the jury's still out on that. We have hey, to we have – he
1: somewhat responded yesterday. He was like, whoa, 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 what a, what a family guy meme. So he, he somewhat
0: responded. I don't, I don't think he wants to smoke, but yeah. And that's when we said, if you want to come on, we'll discuss it. We'll let you kind of give your piece. And then we'll decide if we're going to forget and forgive. And then we'll decide if you're a friend of the podcast, then we'll, we'll let you know, but you Absolutely. got to come on the podcast to let us know that. And let us make that decision. We'll let pirate nation make that decision. Um, that, Artie, that's all I've really got. ECU, ECU won a game that they needed to win. Mm-hmm. A game that I'm honestly glad that we don't have to go through any of the BS to talk about. Oh well, this is why they lost. This is right. Like we're we're
1: having a we're having a positive post game. It just the, feels good. <laughs> it feels good to have a positive post game.
0: We we've done nine post game or eight post game press conferences now, and only on one has been a good one. And this is the second good one. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, my wife was like, "I thought I thought you started that podcast to talk about ECU and be happy about it." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's that hard was the to goal. It's hard to do that when you lose so much." But that was the goal. Um, but we ECU, did get the win. ECU is now two and six going into their mm-hmm. their week. I don't know. The weeks are all mixed up to me. I'm calling it week nine for ECU. It's their ninth game. SMU coming into Greenville. Hopefully. I know there's talks about another game being added to the schedule for December fifth. Uh, I saw some. Crossed. I saw some rumblings about a, a game with Wake Forest. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> that would be huge. But that would be huge. We'll, That'd be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll probably change it up this week. We're probably going to come to you a little bit earlier in the week, um, considering it is a holiday. Considering, mm-hmm. um, may, maybe you can listen to the Boneyard podcast. Listen to us talk to you while you, your family while you're
1: stuffing your face with some turkey.
0: While your family sits around the dining table, y'all can talk about uh ECU and you can still talk crap to your your cousin that went to NC State that <laughs> lost to Liberty yesterday. Um yeah. No, no,
1: they 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 beat Liberty. Did they did they come back? Yeah, they, they won fifteen fourteen. They beat Liberty. Oh Yeah. I I, man, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I I was uh I I should I should I should've checked out the scores before I yeah. get yeah, they, the game, they, the game they looked won. in the bag when I when I went to bed. So
1: it should have been, it should have been. But yeah, uh, I I drink
0: a I drink a couple too many beers after the game yesterday. So <laughs> I, I was feeling I was feeling pretty good. I I went to bed at like nine forty five, ten o'clock, and
8: damn it, boy.
0: Yeah, I woke I woke up this morning at eight a.m. Just like, oh wow, like that feels different. Um, so yeah. We'll we'll come to you probably uh, hopefully put it out on on Wednesday. May, who knows? A lot of people travel on Thursday still. We might we might put it out uh, Thursday morning, but we'll we'll put it out yeah. um, hopefully by Wednesday. Preview the SMU game and and have a uh, have some more insight for you. But until then, Empire Nation, stay safe. If uh, if you don't listen to us this week, which we hope you do, as mm-hmm. ECU is about to take on SMU, a ranked team again in Dowdy Picklin Stadium. Yeah. We, we hope you'll listen to us. Have a, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Um, with that being said, go Pirates. Deuce. Hoo hoo